It's Molly Brooks from the West Midlands. She's a new and up-and-coming judge. She's been on the, uh, the SSADL panel now for four years. And today we're going to chat about about becoming a, uh, becoming a judge and the best way to go about it and how Molly came into it. So thank you for joining me today, Molly. No problem. Thank you for having me. No, that's okay. So just, just, to, just to recap there, what panels are you on at the moment? Uh, so currently, I'm obviously on TSR. Uh, as mm-hmm. you mentioned, I'm a star judge on SSADL. Yeah. Uh, I'm on TGCA, the VHF, and I'm also now on A panel for traps as well. Oh, that's fantastic. So you're on a, quite a wide range of panels there, and especially with um, SSADL and the VHS, you judge all, all types in those classes, don't you? Because it is, it, they're, they're senior or veteran classes, so you get everything from a foreign breed and miniature pony right up to a, a possibly a hunter or, or, or something else. So you have to have a really good um, knowledge of a lot of different types, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And those are the panels that I've definitely learned the most from probationing with people because like mm. you said you could have a miniature walk in and then the next minute a shire's walking through the ring yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> they do take quite a bit of judging actually i've judged them myself and um yeah because you don't take confirmation into account um you know it it it's you have to take a lot of other things into account as as for their age and it does take quite a lot of sorting out doesn't it yeah Right, so so you're on those panels, but obviously it's been a journey to get onto those panels. So just just a little bit of history about about yourself and and where you sort of started out getting into the showing and and your background really, and how that led to you becoming a judge. Okay, yeah, absolutely. So I've been really lucky, and my mum has always been involved in running agricultural shows. Right. So ever since I could walk, I have been on the ground behind the scenes with my mum. Yeah. Um, so from there, obviously, as you know, stewards are always so difficult to come by. So I was always mm. thrown in the ring to help the judges and to help mum. Yeah. Uh, and from there, I really started to learn a lot and actually get an eye and enjoy that side of the showing world. Mm. So from that point, I actually joined the British Horse Society Committee, the local one. Uh, yeah. And I took on the running of the Platinum Show for them. Uh, All right. Oh, quite a few years ago now. Mm. Uh, at the same time as doing that, I then started to apply for the panels myself. Yeah. Uh, which at first is really hard because obviously panels want experience. And if mm. you're not on a panel, then it's difficult to get on them. Mm. So I really jumped in and really started stewarding a hell of a lot more, traveling up and down the country, as well as trying to run this show, just getting mm. my head in all areas to really broaden my knowledge, understand and meet a lot more people. Yeah. Um, so I ran that show and then I did a year's probation with SSADL and then went straight on to being a star for them. Oh, great. And at the same time, I then got accepted onto Chats and I went on to Chats at the B panel. Yeah. And then from there, I did a few years uh, really getting my confidence with them because those are my two favourite Passions, mm. really. I have coloured some veterans. So I did a lot more judging for there, as well as judging at a local level. Mm. Then I got asked to take on Chaps Midlands Horse Show. Well, that's, no, that's, no, that's not a small show, that show. That's quite a big undertaking, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, indeed it is. 
yeah, but it's great fun as well. And I've met a lot of really incredible people through the show. So I was, I'm honoured to have that show, actually. It's, mm. it's, yeah, it's great. Uh, oh, that's fantastic. Then, yeah. Then from there, it rocketed, really. I continued with my stewarding, and I now steward all the way up to Hoy's level. I'm on yeah. a lot more panels. I went up to the A panel for Chaps last year. Um, and oh, good. Yeah, so now I'm just enjoying the new panels that I'm on. I've got a lot more appointments and bigger appointments as well. Obviously, unfortunately, they're now delayed. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's really rocketed in the last few years for me. Oh, that's really, really good news to hear. So when you were when you were building up your um, knowledge, um, you, obviously you mentioned that you stewarded and you stewarded a lot of different places, and that enabled you to stand with the judge, did it, and 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 get experience and feedback from on on from other judges. Was that the key? Was that a really key point in getting get, getting best, you know getting to understand all the different types and everything? Yeah, absolutely. For me, stewarding is so important. I think everybody who, even the judges that have been judging for 40-odd years, I think stewarding is so important because Mm. there's always new ways. There are so many types of horses. You've got different judges that have had different experience. You get to meet them, talk to them. You get to understand the reasons why they might have just placed that horse that you thought was incredible Blast. Yeah, yeah, and it just it gets your name out there. You just it, yeah. It I cannot express how important Sweden is. And also, did that help with um because lots of people have good you know you could say they have really good knowledge of of horses and confirmation like if they've been you know competing or or produce or anything like that but really it's the ring control as a show secretary myself which I'm sure you can appreciate that the the control of the ring does come down to the judge and how they set their show are they going to set a show or how they conduct it and also how long they take to judge their classes so from the the stewarding really help you understand how to efficiently and also be authoritative in the ring because some people are a bit shy so did it teach you all those elements as it were yeah, absolutely. I am very to the point now. And as a judge now, sometimes you'll come to shows, if you're doing a small local show, the mm. steward has either never stewarded before, or sometimes you'll end up in a ring without a steward. So mm. having knowledge and controlling the ring and making sure it's not dawdling and it's moving how it should is really important. Mm. No, it is. It's very important from, you know, because it gives the competitor confidence that you know what you're doing. So, you know, they have confidence in your ability and also for the show secretary that you will run an efficient ring and you won't be late. (laughs) 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 And and when you go in the ring, which is quite, when we're talking about, um, um, you know, getting experience, it's important, isn't it, to think about where you're going to line them up and assess the ring. And do you, as you've competed as well, do you look at it from a competitor aspect? Where would you like to do your show in the ring? What would be best? Do you, do you find yourself wearing more than one hat as a judge, as it were? Yeah, absolutely. And also from running the show, I quite often start running around the ring pretending I've got a horse, trying to work out exactly how many steps you need. So, hmm. yeah, my hat switches every time. 
<laughs> well, I think competitors appreciate it because sometimes you see judges line them up and you think, why did you really line them up there? Because that's given them a really small space to do their show. Yeah. <laughs> and I think if if you've ridden in the ring, so what horses, just um, uh, just to go back, what horses have you, you said you've competed um, with? So um, when did you come, come into the ring, as it were, ridden? Uh, so I've had, well, I've always ridden ponies my whole life. I was mm-hmm. never allowed to own one until I was 15, where oh, I right. had to need do the work myself. So I had to do yeah. it myself for me. Um, and then from there, it got a bit out of hand. Um, and I've now got seven. <laughs> oh, my God, um, you've got seven. Christ. Yeah. It's quite a variation as well. So I have miniature Shetlands. Um, right. I've got a Welsh Mountain, Section A. Yeah. Uh, I've got a big sports horse. And... I also have a non-native coloured who is now just turned 16, so she's now also a veteran. Um, All right. And I didn't really start showing properly until I was just coming out of secondary school, really. Mm. Um, but, yeah, now I'm mainly showing my coloured. Yeah. And do you do that in hand or ridden or...? Uh, she's in hand. She's, she's in uh, hand, yeah. She's still ridden, but in the show ring, she's only in hand. Yeah, so she's 16 now. You can do the, do the, do the senior classes in hand. So that's, um, so coloured, well, coloured and, and the veterans are your, are, are your passion, as it were. So when you were guessing your experience, just going there, you mentioned that you were judging at local shows. Now, it's sometimes quite, how did you go about doing that? Because it's quite daunting, isn't it, to put yourself out there initially to say I'm available. So did, was that through your stewarding more that you got to know the show secretaries and said you'd be happy yes. to, yes, to do this? Because obviously you weren't on perhaps any panels to begin with. So they, so um, is that how you managed to get the experience you needed at local level? Yeah. And again, obviously, I was lucky that because mum ran shows, I managed to start off in just the fun ring and just yeah. doing which would most like to take home and just getting that confidence of being the person in the ring that has the decision. Yeah. So I did it <laughs> slowly um, and then stepped up again through stewarding, started meeting people and they said, oh, can you come and judge for us? And it just built up gradually. Yeah, I think that's a really key point because secretaries, if you go and steward for them, they get to know you and whether you're efficient or not. And that gives them confidence that you'll better judge a class fairly and that you are able to control the ring and everything and and then because they get to know you that's fine because sometimes people say I've rung up my local show and said available and I haven't been able to get any judging but that's perhaps because they don't know you and they're unsure who they're co- who's going to come and you know and, and do it all so if you the stewarding aspect gets you in there and gets um without and gets you known to the show secretary to give it to oops puts you on the right the step up to, to hopefully then getting asked to judge, as you say, some of the fun classes to begin with or some of the other classes um, as you progress. Because actually those fun classes can be quite tricky to judge. <laughs> oh, I know. I feel evil. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, isn't it? Because they're there to be fun and you have to still have a winner. And it's like, yeah, but this is the be- mare with the best eyes or something. I don't know. It really yeah. <laughs> It yeah. is really, really hard. So you went on, you used the stewarding and you've got all your experience at the local shows and then you went on to apply, um, as you say, for, for the, for the panels. So what would be your top advice, um, in preparing for assessment? How, you know, in relation to how you found the assessments, what would you advise people 
to do? So, for me, the knowledge, you can never have enough knowledge. You can always learn something in the horse world. So, you yeah. need to be open to that. And you need to be open to everything, not just if you like show ponies, you just know everything about that show pony. You need to know mm-hmm. everything across the board, whether it's how a horse eats or how the hoof works, because ultimately that still comes into the ring. Because mm. if you're looking at a pony and you think, well, that's not moving right, well, maybe it's because of this, this, and this. Mm. So the knowledge is such a big thing for me, and I think you should really fully throw yourself into every area and learn as much as you can and really be open to it. Yeah. That would be my biggest piece of advice. So a good knowledge of, of, of all types, so especially if you're judging, and you'll get that at the local shows, won't it? Because um, a yeah. good knowledge of the fundamentals of confirmation is, I think, is what you're trying to get across there, isn't it? Um, yeah. You know how the hoof will affect the, the, the you know, the pattern, and then the step, and then the, your leg, and and how it's set on, and and everything, and how it affects the way of going. Um, so, as I say, yeah, going to the local shows will help you get that breadth breadth of knowledge. So when you were applying, did you do anything specific to prepare for your assessments? Uh, the other part is the rule books. So yeah. if you're going for an assessment, you're going to a panel and mm. every panel has their own rule book and every mm. rule book is different. So knowing those rule books inside out is a key part. Um, and always have that rule book with you. As soon as you're in the ring, everywhere, it always needs to be on hand. So yeah. most nights, my bedtime reading is a rule book. And even <laughs> now, before I'm showing, if I'm going the next day to, even if I'm doing SSADL, which I've done for a while now, the night before, I'm always rereading that rule book to make sure I know it inside out. Yeah, and they have quite a few um, different rules for other societies, you know, regarding their uh, senior class, regarding um, well, it's their makeup, which is one everybody knows, but, um, you know, and how they mustn't gallop and, and things like that. So it is, it, that is, that's very, it is important to know the different rules. And, and you can't rely on the steward having the rule book because they, they might not have been sent it by the secretary or sometimes the secretary just hasn't got one because they haven't been either downloaded it or whatever. So as a judge, it is your responsibility, isn't it? Yes, definitely. So when you prepared, um, uh, when you went for your assessments, is there any, is, was there any, as I say, any other advice that you can give them when, when people actually go to their assessment and, and stand there and, and be assessed? Yeah, so... The way I've always, when I first joined PAP, I've always very quiet and just observed and mm. just let your knowledge show in what you're doing. So you mm. just have the confidence in yourself because you do know what you're talking about. There's a reason that you're getting the places that you're getting. Mm. So don't be over cocky with it and forget that all these people also have an awful lot of knowledge but Mm. just let your work show the knowledge that you have and enjoy it yeah so sometimes with assessment when you go people feel that they must agree with their um with whoever's you know if you place the horse place horses in a certain way but 
expert, if you're confident in why and explaining your reasons why you've put them there and, and you have valid reasons as like everybody likes a different type or, you know, they see things slightly differently because of their experience or what they like. Um, do you feel that you don't have to necessarily agree with every single placing as long as you've got valid reasons? Would that, would you have yeah, you found that or? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously if you place the last place into first, it well, yes, go great. <laughs> but the lineups, I know my lineups have never been exact in any assessment I've done. But like you said, as long as there's always a justification, mm-hmm. and the, again, the judge that is actually judging may have managed to get a bit closer because you're obviously trying to stand back and keep out the way. So mm-hmm. maybe they've spotted something that you haven't had the time to get to. So as long as it is always justified, absolutely, it does not have to match exactly. Yeah, yeah, because I think people worry about that element a little bit. But And that's, as you say, that's allowing, you know, if you have all your reasons when you're judging, it doesn't matter, um, you know, when you're in the ring, particularly speaking to competitors, they might not like your opinion, but as long as you have a reason, they don't actually, you know, that's your opinion and, and your reason on the day, and, and they can, and they either can accept it or move on really can't they (laughs) yeah have you had any incidences in the ring at all with um you know dealing with difficult competitors do you have advice because sometimes it's daunting for people going into judging because they think i might be questioned or competitor might ask me you know this and that and as you say it's, it's having the confidence and the knowledge but would you have any advice for people who are new to judging or coming into judging on how to deal with that yeah, um, so two sides to that, really. I have had several occasions where I've had to deal with that. I've done, obviously, quite a few shows now, so you always come across a few unhappy competitors. Mm. Um, I always try and avoid getting into any conversation as to reasons why. I try and just leave it as, it's just my opinion on the day, great pony, go out, and maybe the next judge will have slightly different or the horse will perform different. I just Mm. try and avoid getting into an in-depth conversation because Mm. at the end of the day, that's their pride and joy. They love that pony and whatever you say, they may not like because you're talking about their pride and joy and Mm. they will have a different opinion to it. So I just try and keep it positive. It's just a day, have another go and leave it at that I try and really be clear of any in-depth conversations I don't want to tell them that their horse is on three legs or (laughs) or that it's just going with on the wrong bend the whole time and and that's just not acceptable um I think a little bit sometimes a little bit of feedback is a positive feedback as you say well you did this really really well um you know so that was great but just you need to perhaps practice at home a little bit more on your flat work is a nice broad thing to say and, it, and it, as you say it diffuses the situation because sometimes people are very in your face so um to keep calm and and try and and and, and not get uh how can i say a, a defensive yourself yeah. and then and then you keep keep it happy it's very it's a very difficult thing but that's good advice on that front of it because people do worry that them about some competitors and if they're late or there might be other reasons why they're put out and it's nothing to do with you if you want to meet yeah. but in the other ring might annoy them as well <laughs> you yeah. just don't know 
I find it easier at a local level. It's easier to give a bit of advice and really show the positive because the local level is people wanting to learn. So mm. the mm. higher up you go, obviously, they, they know more anyway. So they're the ones that you really just, it yeah. is what it is, move on. Yeah. So when you're actually, we were talking about um, another thing that we should touch on really is the use of marks because in the senior uh, SSADL classes, there's I think there's four sets of marks, and um, uh, in um, I was going to say in some chaps classes there there are marks as well. So how do you uh, how did you approach learning to use marks? So marking was very interesting. Um, hmm. I remember the first time I did some probationing and used my marks, I was incredibly harsh, and the judge almost fell over when I told them some of my marks. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I got a lot of advice on that and spoke to a lot of judges, and the way I started to help understand it is I always used a benchmark of height and yeah. work that way. So I I really did speak to an awful lot of judges and I watched classes and then checked the mark sheet after constantly, always mm. looking. And even now, I still do that, always making sure. And if I've had a co-judge afterwards when the mark's been released, I still go and look to see what they think. And now I'm always very similar. Um, but yeah. it takes, that takes a lot of practice and really understanding those marks. So that's one of the harder parts. Obviously, not all classes use the marks. No. But again, stewarding really helped with that because you're writing down the marks and you can look at that horse that has just been judged and then look mm. at the marks that's just been given and mm. you can then picture it going forward. Yeah. Yeah. So that is just, I'd say, practice, practice, practice with the marks. So you use a bench to say, out if we were using 50, average is 25, half right is 25 is that where you tend to go with yeah. it and then you either build up one way or the other on that on on how it's wowed you or whatever it's done in the show yeah or confirmation yeah definitely yeah. yeah okay that's really good to know and so and as i say it's practice and understanding where you're where you're what you what you look for in a show and really want and what puts that in the top 40 to 50 bracket and then and then then below 40 to 25 really so it's understanding your own benchmarks isn't it and where your standard is yeah yeah and also really making sure that you use all of your marks you yeah have 50 marks for a reason so you hmm. don't want to i was always taught that you don't want to be caught out and put everything in that tiny bracket and then something comes in which you look at and you're like, oh wow, that's incredible, that's going to be my winner, and you've got nowhere left. Yeah, so you're talking about marking too high too soon, so say, like, or marking them all within 40 and 45, and then you haven't really really got anywhere much to go above that. So, um, yeah, that's what you're saying. And also, don't use more, yeah, use more than a differential of five marks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of judges. I've seen the, some. I've seen some judges only use a differential of five, and it's like, oh god, I don't know quite how it works out really. Then, but anyway, yeah. there we yeah. go. <laughs> so you use all of your marks, 
Um, and then, so you have a good differential. So one horse might get a 45 and then you might have one down on like 24 or, or, or lower depending. So you've got a really good differential there. So just going off, keeping on the show element and the marks, or not necessarily the marks, but how do you, how, how do you view a wrong leg in a show? Um, that all, I think, depends on the complete picture. Yeah. Because, obviously, if you had a ring full of top, top horses and you were really struggling to pick the differences between them, hmm. if one has a wrong leg, then that could be something that you could use to help place your lineup. Yeah. Whereas if you went into a ring where there was one incredible horse and everything else was below average and mm. the incredible one took a wrong leg, the incredible one would still get it. Yeah. So I think it really depends on the full picture. Yeah. One. Okay, that's fine. And if you do a wrong leg in your mark, how do you do so that you might penalise it between three or four, say, or, or and then if it was a, a bad wrong leg, you might penalise it heavier. Is that how you would look at it? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. And yeah, most I do the same thing with if there were rules broken. If you're under a certain panel, then I'm heavily penalised in the marks to reflect that. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. That's okay. Because sometimes when you're judging with a co-judge, it's difficult, isn't it? Because, you know, if a horse has got particularly good confirmation or, or anything like that, um, they can make the mark up. So just going um, just a little bit about you as a judge, really. Um, what do you, um, do you have any specific views of, on confirmation, any dislikes you don't like in confirmation when you're perhaps, well, um, judging your chaps classes or TGCA classes? Uh, so, confirmation or way of going or both? What? Or both, yeah. Any any key dislikes so we don't we get to know you a little bit? <laughs> so, for me, I'd probably go on way of going because I like keeping it simple. I only need to see a tiny bit of each page. That's all yeah. I want to see. So, I personally hate it when a competitor will go round and round and round and round or add in loads of extra complicated moves. Mm. I don't need that, and that doesn't do anything extra for me. I want to see the horse, and I just mm. need to see boom, 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 and I, that's all I need. So if I yeah. give a set show, I give a really simple, everybody has the same show, it's just a few strides on each side, and that's all I need to see. Yeah, okay, because in the SS. ADL classes, the second round class is very short and sweet anyway, isn't it? There's a lot of canter yeah. in that. So, so that sort of fits in with you there. And sometimes in the, in the senior classes, they do, you're advised not to take into account the elaborateness of the show anyway, are, are you? So, you know, if they do a serpentine or whatever, <laughs> you can't help but see it, but you're not supposed to give them extra marks for it, are you, yeah. I think? Is it, would that be yeah. fair enough? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and conf and confirmationally, is there anything? I know in the senior classes we're not taking lumps and bumps into account, but in your coloured classes you are. So, is there anything specific that you really dislike confirmationally? Um, feet, I think, are quite a big thing to be honest. Mm. Um, feet can be changed with good barriers. Obviously, yeah. they can't really work miracles, mm -hmm. um, but bad feet can can change a whole picture mm. so it's the one part you can't shorten your horse's back 
but you can ensure that your horses have the right balance in that hoop to stand it correctly and move how it, it should yeah. it should all come together. So you can have control of that. So use it to your advantage and make sure hmm. your horses are done with a good barrier and well. Hmm. So. In the, actually, yeah, the key point that we need to discuss for the senior classes is the history of the horse, because that's a key element of the confirmation section, or not confirmation, but when you, they stand out in hand and you're looking at the condition and the suppleness of the horse in hand. Um, there's also, we ask them about their history. Is there any key, what would be your advice? Because so many people just go, um, uh, well, I've had it for five years and yeah. I've jumped it a bit. <laughs> And I was like, well, that's not good enough. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, and then you've got to mark it. You know, you've got to use that history forms part of your total mark for that section. So what would your advice be to competitors um, when they come out and they stand their horse out in front of you and give them the history? What key points are you looking for? So the reason why we like the history so much is because it justifies how the horse then could potentially look. Yeah, um, lumps and bumps in the veteran classes aren't considered. So if no. it's had a splint, you're not going to be penalised for that splint. No. But with the story, if you have a show pony that stood up in front of you, it's always been a show pony. It's been stabled. It's never done anything other than that one thing. If mm-hmm. it's got a splint, I would not expect that. Mm-hmm. Whereas if something came out in front of me and they said, oh... It's whole life, it hunts, it lives out all winter, it's done cross country, it's done this. I'll mm. look at that slim and go, well, that's, that's maybe justifiable. That's justifiable, yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> so you kind of balance out the whole picture. So we mm-hmm. want to know everything because it helps us put that jigsaw together. And we yeah. love hearing the stories of the veterans, like some of the veterans. I love judging them because you hear the most incredible stories and what mm. these horses have done and been through. And, I mean, some of them come out with massive scars and injuries and you hear what they've recovered from and you think, wow, that's incredible. Mm. And it's mm. nice to hear that. But, again, it justifies the whole picture. Yeah. So do you um, – is the length of time somebody owns a horse quite relevant? I always, I always feel that if they've only owned them for, like, a year or two years and it is, 18 you you know is either if they've not sort of taken it on from someone who's finished with it to care for it in its later life you do wonder why they're all uh, but they've only had it for a short while so um so does 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 that come into it as well a little bit do you think or um probably i'd probably say not really but again it depends on the whole story because sometimes I've had I've judged people when they've only had it six months, but actually they've been the groom for its whole life. Yeah. And again, there's like these different circumstances, but I think what is it's always two-sided, isn't it? From I think mm-hmm. it's sad when veterans do get moved around. However, I think it's brilliant that people are still considering veterans because mm. they have so much left to give. Mm. 
Well, a lot of horses don't want to be just turned out at pasture. They like to have things done with them. Do you know what I mean? They enjoy, yeah. enjoy, enjoy it. And, um, and, uh, so it's important that they are, they do still just carry on. Well, that's really, what about when people just give you a list of results? Because that always gets me. I don't want to know a list of results. Yeah, that, I, I always, when I'm advising people, I always say, please don't, you know, if, uh, clinics or whatever, please don't give me a list of results. So what's your view on that? Yeah, they go straight over my head. I am not interested because mm. you may have won all of these titles, but uh, that's not my opinion. I will mm. give my own opinion. It's, I, yeah, I'm not interested in titles. I'd much rather hear that it's taught. 50 kids to ride over yeah. slide than it's won six titles. Because yeah. what I advise people at the clinics to say is that, it, like, for instance, if it is, uh, that they've competed at county level or they've competed and qualified for some, you know, good championships or that we've competed at Hoy's level and leave it at that. Do you know what I mean? Because that lets you know they've gone to a high level, but without bragging. Would you, would you, what, what would you, yeah, what's absolutely. your view on that? Yeah, I think that's absolutely fine because I think that is part of the history. Mm. Um, if that is what people have done, but I agree that throwing the titles in, one this, one that, I, I'm not interested in. No, it's like it was second at Hoy's or whatever. Yeah. Whatever, I don't know that. Just tell that you've competed that level. And I can see that it's, re- as you say, then reflected in the quality of the horse in front of you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You would hope so anyway. Well, that's, that's really interesting because it is a very key point, that history point. And I think people do struggle with it a little bit in knowing what to say. So, um, no, that's, that's, that's really, really helpful. So, um, that's lovely. Thank you, um, do you have any, well, before we finish, do you have any other things that you want to give advice to on becoming, on, on your process of becoming a judge at all? Um, no, I'd just say just make sure you really open your eyes up, you're willing to learn, you're willing to work hard, and mm. then as you do start to make progress and work your way up, just remember all those people that helped you along the way and helped the new younger people coming through because you Mm. know the struggles you've been through them so Mm. just make sure you then help those new people that want to join well that's been great thank you very very much and hopefully this will inspire some people that are thinking about it or judges in the process of of seem to become, um, you know, a, a panel judge, as it were. But the key point, really, that's come across is that you've got so you've got all your experience, really fundamentally, from starting out stewarding and getting those introductions, um, you know, to to lots of different judges to get experience, and then getting your local judging and your local experience through helping the show secretaries in, you know, through stewarding as well. So that's really, really good to hear. Because as a show secretary, we always like stewards. <laughs> I say you cannot run a show without a steward. You can get a judge. Someone, some, you know, invariably someone will stand in the middle and judge. But you can't run a show without stewards. So. <laughs> Thank you very, very much, Molly. And how are you coping in this current situation with um with the um with our lockdown, as it were? And do you have your horses at home or are they at livery? Um, they're five minutes from home. I think they are wishing I would go back to work because they are bashed and trimmed and exercised. So every time they see me, I think they run. <laughs> um, 
So, yeah, they can't wait for me to go back to work. <laughs> so what do you do for work? Uh, well, I'm currently actually in between roles. So All right. It's the virus, really, but I'm heading back into the equestrian world, and I'm a, an office manager for Clayden Horse Exercises. Oh, so, right, good. Anyone needs a horse exerciser, you know where to come. Where, where to come. And how has it affected the, when is the Traps Midlands show? When do you normally hold that? So we're end of June. Um, I haven't done anything with it yet. Uh, probably a decision will be made this week as to whether we cancel or postpone. Mm. Uh, it's just obviously working out those clashes, even if the venue can do it. So. Yeah, yeah we'll so you're at Solihull. Are you at Solihull? No. Uh, Western you... Lawn. Western Lawn. Western Lawn, that's it. Yeah. That's it, Western Lawn. So you'll be making, yeah, I, I'm waiting with our July show on me at the moment just to see. But um, it does completely depend what a gathering of people is, doesn't it, really? Because yeah. the show, like Chapman, you need a minimum of five, seven girls in a day, wouldn't you? Yeah. So, yeah, every pony comes with two people. <laughs> yeah. So we'll have to wait and see. Can you imagine? And when I go in the spa at the moment, to my local shop, the spa, they've all got their little visors on and we all have to stand two metres apart and there's the screen. So I was thinking, God, if we have to run a show, we'll have to put a screen up in the section so people can stand behind the screen. We'll have to put all the markers down two, two metres apart and then provide everyone with, um, you know, the, the plastic face masks and, you know, face screens. I think, God, dear, it's a bit of an undertaking yeah. to run a show. And then you'd have loose horses everywhere that are spooking at all the plastic. I know, I know. I just think in God. And then what happens if you've got, you know, the steward will have to wear a plastic, you know, screen face mask and so possibly with the judge. Then they have to stand two metres apart. So will they better hear the mark? Do you know, it's like I'm coming yeah. up like, oh, my God, this is a really... To, uh, to, to run a show under social distancing rules, I was thinking, I don't know. Yeah, I know. In we have a challenge to face, I think. Yes, we do. <laughs> Indeed. Well, thank you very much for chatting with me. It's been fascinating to speak to you, and um, I wish you um, the, well the best of luck with your events this season, and that perhaps you'll get some judging later on in, in when we when we can start again. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. Thank you for doing it.